0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of week three. Or shall
1: it. we say part duh? Did you just interrupt <laughs> my <laughs> intro? For part duh. Some nerve on this just kid. Just you don't come in with compren- do, you, do you not remember when the f- the favorite thing for MTV to do was to name things part duh?
0: You just interrupted my intro. There
1: was a part duh <laughs> like every other day on MTV. Michael, <laughs> you interrupted my intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lecture Michael. Listen, because I need you to improve your intros. All
0: right. Part so duh. Me and Michael are going to fight. The Brodo Part fantasy. Duh. Me and Michael are going to fight. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Me and Michael are done fighting. I beat him up. I won. Jason, right? (laughs) Right, I beat him up.
1: Oh, you beat him up bad.
0: Yeah, that's right. I beat him up bad. Uh, I can see my spleen. It's in my hand. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, Sam Darnold or something? Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: So this is part two. I've been kissing too many girlies.
0: Stop calling me off! <laughs> Dude, what is wrong with you so far? <laughs> he called me Sam Darnold. <laughs> this is part two of week uh, three of the 2019 NFL season. Before we begin, shout out to Red Cup News, our sponsors, at Red Cup News on Instagram and Thrive Fantasy. Use our promo code BROTOFANTASY, uh, I'm sorry, BROTO, on the ThriveFantasy.com or the Thrive Fantasy app to get $10 with your first... Uh, first deposit of ten dollars or more let's get right into this because we have nine games to cover and we want to do it let's start with the first one the Bengals at the bills the buffalo bills no one's circling the wagons like the buffalo bills gentlemen and the buffalo bills have been killing the game right now um jason by the way i wish i would have bet you about josh allen last week because josh allen ended up as quarterback six uh, I think another big game is in Josh Allen's future. In this one, let's start on the Buffalo side. How do you guys feel about Josh Allen against the Cincinnati Bengals defense?
1: Sign uh, I'm going to start because I am the classic Josh Allen hater. I have Matt quarterback five this week.
0: Oh, yes. Wow. It happened. Yay, yay. Jason's I mean, don't on board. Say it happened,
1: right? This is a one-week one, one week thing at the moment. Uh, but there's no way you can't start it Against Cincinnati, who's been giving up – touchdowns like they're water and giving up. Giving up yards like like they're bread. Water Water and bread being given out everywhere. What are they, Jesus? Yeah, church. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. What's that term? I don't know. I thought it was water and bread. Josh Allen is going to kill it. Uh, The Cincinnati defense isn't stopping anyone. And what's even better on top of that is that the Cincinnati offense has been doing pretty well. They've been putting up enough yards to keep things going. Even when Uh, They're getting blown out pretty bad. So it's hard not to trust Josh Allen this week.
0: Uh, Let's talk about his weapons. John Brown has really become a bona fide wide receiver um, that you could start possibly on a daily, on a weekly basis in terms of fantasy. Uh, In this one, he plays a secondary that's been just god awful. Um, I love me some John Brown in this game. I even consider me some John Beasley. I'm I'm sorry, some Cole Beasley. Uh, Michael, what do you think about these two guys? I mean, I love me some
1: John Brown as wide receiver three this week. Uh, he's clearly the number one guy there for Josh Allen, and Cincinnati has obviously struggled uh, guarding the deep ball. Cole Beasley, though, I'm not touching. I mean, he only had four targets last week. Uh, he hasn't John
0: suppressed. Brown is the only wide receiver you should start for Buffalo. Yeah. Zay but Jones. you should start John Brown. Zay Jones also on the outside. just want to mention him. You're not starting him. Um Let's talk about the running backs. Devin Singletary is day-to-day. They say he's going to look like he's going to play, but when, he, when you pull up on a non-contact injury like Singletary did, it, it's hard to imagine. In, in the hamstring, it's hard to imagine he's going to play. So if he doesn't play, the ageless one, the, the Frankenstein of running backs, Mr. Frank Gore himself, who got a lot of work in the absence of Devin Singletary last week, will probably get a lot of work again, and maybe he becomes a fantasy viable starter.
1: Yeah, Singletary missed practice actually today, so that's something to be aware of. I, if, I doubt he plays, man. If he misses practice tomorrow too, then he's likely doubtful. But Frank Gore against Cincinnati has to at least be a solid flex play. Load him up, man. Load him up. Believe it or not, I, I'd rather not believe it, but I have to. <laughs> against Cincinnati, he's really the only option there. They're not. They're seldomly losing TJ Eldon.
0: Put him in your flex. I have a hot take on this one. Uh, I don't think it's that hot, but I it's a little hot. Uh, I think the biggest beneficiary in the running game, outside of Frank Gore, obviously Frank Gore is the beneficiary. I think Josh Allen probably gets more uh, QB draws and drawn-up QB runs uh, now that Devin Singletary is out because you can't feed Frank Gore at all times. Um, Jason, how do you feel about that theory? How do you feel about Frank Gore? And Do you think TJ Yeldon gets any type of burn? Uh the Bills have said that they think that TJ Alden could come in and replace Singletary.
1: Singletary, dude, on ten carries he has 127 yards. Frank Gore on 30 carries has eighty eight yards. <laughs> it's like it boggles my mind too, because you're you're the Bills. Like you're it's never a 10 really ten yard difference in yards per carry. Yeah, you're never really that so, good. Like just give it I, to your I, best I... guy. I'm not starting Frank Gore if I really don't have to. Like, if your options are Frank Gore and then, like, Tony Pollard, then obviously you're starting Frank Gore. But, I mean, I, I really don't want to start Frank Gore.
0: Let's go over to the other side then. Uh, let's go over to the the Cincinnati Bengals side. If you haven't noticed, guys, the Bills' defense is real. Mm-hmm. Ed Oliver looks like a great player. Uh Their first-round picks last year, Tremaine Edmonds, has definitely taken a step forward. Uh, They have a good secondary. They have a good defensive line. Really, there's no weakness here. They have a good scheme. Uh, With that being said, this Cincinnati Bengals defense has been really good through the air. I think one of the safest plays in the league is Tyler Boyd. Last week, he had another Tyler Boyd game. John Ross salvaged a pretty terrible game with a late Garbage time touchdown with what with time expiring. Tyler Eifert scored a touchdown. So with that being said, these these three guys, how are you considering them in this game?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say John Ross terrible game. He had seven targets and three receptions for like fifty yards before the sixty yard touchdown.
0: When when he's on the waiver sure. wire and you're paying up for him, like that's a terrible game, in my opinion. I mean, to, we can agree to disagree here. Then he is the number two overall wide receiver at the moment. I mean he had a so I mean he had a really good game at the end because he had a fifty yard touchdown at the end.
1: Yeah, but that's that could happen again here in the Zach Taylor count. offense. They get John Ross in space. That's why he's been so effective the first two weeks. I like him as a low end wide receiver three this week because there is some bust potential against Buffalo who they were the best team in the league, I believe, last year against the pass. They're uh top ten against the pass this year, bottom five against the run. So they're they're the opposite John Gruden. They're stopping the pass and they're lighting up on the run, which obviously is the better thing to do if you're a defense. But I like John Ross as a low-end wide receiver three with upside for a long touchdown,
0: and Tyler Boyd as a solid wide receiver two as usual. Yeah, Tyler Boyd is like wide receiver two, plug him in. He'll, he won't disappoint. Probably won't win you any weeks, but one of the most solid because he's going to get peppered with targets. Um, let's talk about Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a f- – Fucking horrible game last week. 11 carries for 17 yards. Um, Gio Bernard was not any better. Does the running game improve in this one? What do you think, Jay? Uh, You guys thought I was low on Marlon Mack. I'm also
1: low on Joe Mixon. I have him at running back 24. I got Mixon at 20. Because, look, like I said, they're top five against the pass, bottom five against the run. So if there's going to be a time where Joe Mixon is able to do something, it's this week. Obviously, Joe Mixon has not been solid for people who drafted him in the second round. You shouldn't have to begin with. But now is a good week to put him in your RB2 slot. I mean, it's it's risky, of course, because of the
0: ankle injury and just the way they've played. But I'm okay with Joe Mixon as an RB2 this week. If you're fortunate enough to have Joe Mixon as an RB2 and still have Joe Mixon on your team, I don't know how that happened. He's probably RB1 if you had Joe Mixon on your team.
1: Eh, not necessarily,
0: I mean, unless you got him at the end of the second round, which he wasn't going just because just because we recommended he go at the end of the second round does not mean that he was going at the end of the second round. it's yeah i mean yeah there's like there's a good chance he drafted him as your r b one but yeah. that sucks that that's why we suck. told you not to right um Andy Dalton is on pace to to go over six hundred uh where, where am I blanking? Over six hundred attempts, six hundred attempts, uh, <laughs> passing oh. yards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think that he's there's g- a good shot he gets over six hundred passing yards. <laughs> no, Andy Dalton over six hundred <laughs> attempts this year. Um, is he a streaming candidate for you? I know that Michael was really high on him, high on him on the waiver uh, show uh, this upcoming, this past Tuesday. By the way, Not- Patreon.com/slash/slash well, um, slash Broto Fantasy in order to get that waiver show. High on him to stash. Because nobody's picking up Andy Dalton when he's going against
1: Buffalo to stream, so then you could pick him up and have him for the future games. Because then he gets Pittsburgh, which is an absolutely glorious matchup. Uh Buffalo is one of the hardest pass defenses in, in the league, so I think he's more of a low end QB two this week. I'm not loving Andy Dalton as a I, I don't see him throwing for more than a touchdown. It's a tough matchup. Yeah it is. Jason? Uh, first, I'd like to thank Michael for um, talking about the entire Bengals offense and leaving a little bit of room for me. <laughs> you um, spoke about Joe Mixon first. What are you talking about? Uh, okay, you're right. I forgot about that. Uh, Andy Dalton, on the other hand, I just lost my train of thought, is not a good start this week. Um, he yeah. might throw a lot. He's been throwing a lot. But that doesn't mean he's a good start. Anyone uh, else? Buffalo... Guys... Good. The Buffalo secondary is great. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I you should not start Uzoma or Eifert.
0: Yeah, he got a lucky touchdown last week. Uh, I I don't see him doing that again. He's he's touchdown dependent. He he's is. he's a flyer on your tight ends bye week that might get you a touchdown, and that's what he's gonna be basically. Um, let's move over to the New York Jets and then at the oh New yeah League. the New York Jets New England baby. Patriots. Uh, I guess we gotta talk about this one. Um, this is really similar. Start your Patriots. Antonio Brown, they wasted no time getting him involved in the conversation last week. Excuse me. Uh, Tom Brady, loved throwing to him. Um, But then Josh Gordon had a down game. Julian Edelman had a down game. Is this a trend that we could expect to continue against the Jets? Uh, I don't know if it's a trend for the specific players. It's going to be a trend, though. It's impossible
1: for all three of them to be as good as you want them to be every single week. The good thing, the most important thing here is that Tom Brady, I don't know why Belichick is doing this. It's, you, we shouldn't question him. But Tom Brady's playing the entire game
0: when his team is up 48 to nothing. And he's throwing. That was pretty odd. I mean, he throws so fast that there's no chance he's going to get hit. Although, there's been a lot, a lot of injuries on the, on the Patriots offensive line. That's eventually I mean, going to be a problem.
1: He could have also come out against the Steelers though and he didn't. So Tom Brady is safe, which means his weapons have a decent amount of upside. And uh I mean you have to start Antonio Brown. He played he barely played and put up 50 yards and a touchdown. Josh Gordon is a little trickier. He's seen four and five targets off uh, five and four, flip it. So he's more of a wide receiver 3. He has the upside. The Jets secondary is not good. Um although they've played admirably so far, you Josh Gordon's a upside wide receiver three with of course some risk. Julian Edelman, though, he's 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 not gonna be the wide receiver one people want him to be. I no, think yeah. with Antonio Brown that's not gonna happen. I agree. I have Antonio Brown as a wide receiver thirteen. Uh Julian Edelman is a wide receiver twenty four. Josh Gordon is the one I'm down on. He was my stock down as well in the review episode. And my wide receiver thirty eight. So I'm not loving uh I'm not loving Josh Gordon at all this week. And the Jets defense played pretty damn well against the Browns for the position they were put in. The Browns started a lot of drives near the 40, 50-yard line that stalled.
0: Yeah, um, let's go over to the running game. You saw Sony Michel uh, have a resurgent game of sorts where he was used um, against a team that he was expected to be used against, expected to be used against, against the Jets as well. But, at the same time, I really like James White in this matchup. I have a feeling that James White could be um, a sneaky RB1 in this matchup. What? and He has six... What? It's against the Jets. They're going to be
1: leading. They're 21.5-point favorites. This does not have James White written at all.
0: Are you going to let me finish my sentence, ever? It was just surprising. I think he has an opportunity to be a sneaky RB- RB1. Uh, James White has a history of murdering the Jets, I think that he can continue to do the same. Uh, The Jets right now are in turmoil all around. Uh, Their best player, Jamal Adams, is mad at them because he got benched. Uh, They decided not to play Tremaine Johnson because? Because he's trash. Last week. Um, Yeah, but dude, he's better than fucking Daryl Roberts. And fucking Nate Harrison. All right, so don't get me don't get me started on that. Our, our two starting middle linebackers, right? Well, the Jets two starting middle linebackers right now, <laughs> Neville Hewitt and uh, Blake Cashman. Who Blake Cashman looks good for a rookie, but yeah. these are not Avery Williamson and C J Mosley by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it's it's a shit show out there in New York right now. So I think that the Patriots are going to take advantage of that, and I think James White has a history against the Jets, and I I would like to to lock up James White this week.
1: I don't know, man. I'm not getting on board with you there. I mean, this—he had three rushes for 10 yards and three receptions for, for 19 yards and a touchdown last week against Miami. I expect a very similar workload, and if he doesn't find the end zone, he's going to disappoint. I have him as a flex play this week. Sony Michelle I have as a low end RB2 because he's also either find the end zone or disappoint. I mean, Burkhead's going to steal some work as well. I like Michelle the best of of the bunch in the backfield. Jason? I think you're bugging about James White. Uh, If he doesn't catch a touchdown early in the game, he's not going to be very relevant. I think he will. Michelle is going to have a similar game. But I listened to the Waiver podcast this morning, and I agree with Michael. Michelle disappointed last week. And I don't want to hear otherwise. Yes. 85 yards, touchdown, lost a fumble, no catches. The fuck do I want those 14 points in a game where you're supposed to be giving me what I paid up for exactly. So this is a game for Michelle to try to show us that he's not a bum. There were people out there in this world, in PPR leagues, drafting Sony Michelle in the third or fourth round.
0: I find that hysterical, but let's move on. All uh, right, let's let's go to the other side of the coin. The New York Jets. Oh man, it's Le'Veon Bell and a bunch of guys you don't want to start, man. Um. Luke Falk is the quarterback there. Who, to if you want to look at the bright side, both these teams are starting quarterbacks that were picked 199th overall. Ooh. Um. Oh man. Who's I mean, better? Le'Veon Bell's gonna get 30, 35 touches in this game. <laughs> I think. I think you 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 definitely get Le'Veon Bell. Although, you know, Bill Belichick has a thing for taking away your best option. And he'll probably double team Le'Veon Bell the whole game, so it'll be probably hard for him to do anything. But if you have Le'Veon Bell, you're starting him. I'm just not excited about it. Can't be excited about Robbie Anderson. Can't be excited about Crowder. Can't be excited about Josh Bellamy. That's for sure. I mean, Le'Veon Bell can fall into the end zone. Yes, he can. And I he's mean, gonna get.
1: The, I, I. He I, had 31 touches last
0: week. Look, I'm not. He'll get the. He'll get the role. He'll get the touches. I'm just not I'm just not ecstatic about it. If you tell me Le'Veon Bell in a normal game with a full offense against a team that's not the Patriots is going to get 31 carries, I'm fucking losing my mind so happy. This one, I'm not too excited about it, personally. But Look, he's the only guy I'm it, considering starting. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly, basically. I think last, on Monday night, we saw Robbie Anderson's potential and why people are high on him and mm-hmm. why we like his connection with Sam Darnold. That was a great catch he made, that 40-yarder on the sideline. But with Kevin Falk... Luke Falk. Luke Falk. Can you really start... Shout out to Kevin Falk, former Eagles legend. I mean, he didn't have a catch, and then Luke Falk came in, and he went four for 81 the rest of the way. Luke Falk did not play terrible. I mean, he completed most of his passes. He made some downfield passes. It was better than I expected. It was way better than Trevor Semyon was in the first... I mean... The Jets had negative 15 passing yards in the first half. Are you kidding me? Like, that's more difficult to do than having positive passing yards, Have negative passing yards. I have them at wide receivers 45 and 46, a bit higher than consensus. I think they're both at least decent flex options just because someone's going to have to catch a damn ball. Le'Veon Bell went There's 10 no for 10. There's no way I'm starting Crowder. Yeah, nah, I no pre- way. I prefer Robbie Anderson, but, yeah. yeah are I you going to start these guys? I mean, I've... Robbie is my wide receiver 45. You could throw Robbie like in a flex. You could put him in a flex if, if you need to.
0: Someone has to catch the damn ball. There's 60 minutes of football going on. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't. like The, the Patriots are 22.5-point favorites. Yeah, that's rough. Question. This week, would
1: you rather start Luke Falk or Taysom Hill? Luke Falk. Tim, Tim's really thinking hard about this. He's smart. I think it's Taysom Hill. <laughs> I honestly,
0: think it's, I think it's Taysom Hill. You guys want to yeah. make a bet? Taysom Hill versus Luke Falk? Versus Luke Falk?
1: Yeah. Man,
0: all right. Uh, I mean, there's no way to know who's going to be right on this one, but I'm what down do you with mean? that. I, I look later on in the year. I know, but I mean, there's no way to really tell right now. Like, although PFF hey, did give on this? Luke Falk a 77 yeah. grade for he his first, he played game. well, dude. Yeah, he, and he, he was completing well. his passes. But, I mean, they were four yards in front of the line of scrimmage, though. And the yeah, one that was his thing in college, he's accurate, but he can't throw. The deep. one long, the one play that they tried that was semi-long, Josh Bellamy. Like, dude, you've been an NFL receiver for years. How do you put your hands in the wrong place when trying to catch the ball? Like, he his top hand was completely over the ball and hit the bottom of his bottom hand. Like, what are you doing? I understand there's, if it hit you in the head and you drop it. There's a reason why but he just
1: missed Josh Bellamy. It's crazy. Um. Anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? No. I mean, now's your time to go pick up and stash Chris Herndon while everyone's super down on the Jets. I don't know if you want to—I st- I, I-,
0: I would have been down with that if-, if Darnold was coming, but remember— Well, there's- he'll be back. There's yeah. a bye week, though. So week there's a four. bye week, week four.
1: He said he's expecting to be back
0: uh, week five against the Eagles. Hopefully. He's already back at the facility, so— all right. I, I mean, if Darnold comes back, then yes. If Darnold doesn't come back, then there's no point. Um, let's go over to the Tampa Bay and New York Giants game. This one is in Tampa Bay. The Giants have proven to be very susceptible to anyone who's trying to pass against them. Um, Buda Baker – yeah, DeAndre Baker. Sorry, not Buda Baker. DeAndre Baker has looked every bit of the rookie cornerback that he is. Um, Janoris Jenkins has gotten worse every year, continues to get worse. Um Julius I mean Jabril Peppers. Julius Peppers. Yeah, right. Jabril Peppers is not good. Uh, Antoine Bethea is old as dirt. All right. I think you're you're shitting a
1: little bit too hard here.
0: They are it's a a bad overall defense. They're a great play against they're bad secondary, is what I'm trying to say. And I think I love Mike Ed I I really love Chris Godwin. I like Mike Edwins. Edwins. Mike (laughs) Evans. Um and I like – I think that Jameis Winston is a very streamable player, top 12 type quarterback this week. What do you think, Jay? I have him at
1: 17. I just can't see it. He's looked so terrible. And he looked
0: all right last game. Like, not that's all I'm wise, gonna say. But
1: okay, he looked all right last game. He improved last game. He went 16 for 25 with 208 yards and a touchdown. Please. If that's what we're excited about with Jameis Winston nowadays, (laughs) let's fucking leave him on the waiver wire and not start him. All right. I mean, mean, that's a good point. But it's a Giants defense. (laughs) It's a Giants defense, man. I I get that. I can't do it. But it's a Giants defense, man. I have Jameis at 12. I have him at 17, so I guess I can do it to an extent. I prefer not to. I have him at 12. I'm just starting my guys against the Giants because Evans and Godwin I have at 12 and 13, uh, respectively. So yeah, I'm starting them too as well o. j. Howard's an interesting one.
0: I have Godwin at five o j. Howard has been playing completely horrible. Hold on, Jason just said I have Godwin at five. I think that's like compl- uh, yeah that didn't that didn't draw me for a loop at all. I'm, I'm down. that's quite high. He's been the number one target there, and the uh, as we i mentioned as I told you every single position player, the giants suck not only that, they're starting a rookie quarterback. So there's probably going to be turnovers in this game, which means the Bucks are going to have more possessions. I want all the Bucks this week, as crazy as that sounds. I would even be willing to start Peyton Barber. That's a flex. I even have Peyton
1: Barber in running back three flex area as well. I mean, last week he looked like the true back, the lead back there, and he played pretty well. Well in Peyton Barber's standards. Because right? <laughs> yeah. it was still the 23 rushes for 82 yards that we've come to expect. But the th- thing is, he got the 23 touches, which means he's a flex play in Bruce Arians' offense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have him as running back 30. OJ Howard, though, Jay, where do you have him ranked? So, OJ Howard, just so you guys know, because I, I always have PFF open next to my notes. He, PFF has him ranked 29. He has him 29. Hasn't been good. He had them as a 65th ranked tight end this year. But they also have him
1: lined up as like fucking a fullback for like 25% of
0: the snaps. Like, what are you doing? We we talked about this in the beginning of the year that Bruce Arian's offense doesn't use a tight end. And he's never had a tight end like OJ Howard, though. What does that mean for the offense? We thought it would mean that he's going to use OJ Howard. But is there just no room for a tight end in a Bruce Arian's offense? I'm holding out hope for one more game
1: here. I haven't missed my QB. Excuse me, my tight end nine. He's going against the Giants. One of the worst defenses in the league. One of the worst defenses against the tight end in the league. If you stuck it out the first two weeks, you can't have a better matchup to stick it out for one more. I agree. There's two scenarios here. One is he shits the bed again, and then it's like, well, you know what? Oh, well. Because your alternatives were Goddard, Disley, Graham, Cook, Ebron. You'll be okay. They're all going to shit the bed too. On the other side, it's going to be a game where... Everyone on Twitter is like, oh, man, now Howard
0: does it when I benched him. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm going to take a shot on him this week. You can, Look, giving up on a guy after two weeks is never a good idea. So hey, except, uh, unless his name is D.D. Westbrook. Let's go over <laughs> to the uh, New York side. It's Daniel Jones season in New York, baby, which probably means two things. Number one, Saquon Barkley is going to get a shit ton of work. Number two, Evan Ingram is going to get a shit ton of targets. Um. These things were already happening. So hopefully Daniel Jones is a, is a better player than Eli Manning was. Let's talk about these two guys. Barkley and Ingram. Barkley first. Uh, are you guys... How does the switch to Jones affect your, just your outlook on Barkley? I'm hyped, bro. I'm excited Really, for Daniel Jones.
1: Hmm. You cannot... Honestly, let's be real here. Giants fans and football fans alike. Eli Manning is... Probably the worst could be in the NFL right now, if not bottom five. The Giants' offensive line has been top five in the league. Saquon Barkley, the, their running game has allowed the most yards before contact. And they've got uh, Eli Manning has been sacked twice in two games, throwing like 40 times a game. So people are saying, why now for Daniel Jones? Their offensive line is playing as a cohesive unit, and Tampa Bay defense sure has looked good. But it's not its not like this imposing defense, and you're going up against a turnover machine in Jameis Winston. If you want to get Daniel Jones the ball in a good position, there you go. Play against Jameis Winston. Intercept him at the 50-yard line. Daniel Jones let is able just, to start the drive at the 50. Let me just say, a lot of times, too, offensive lines get a bad rap because a quarterback is bad. Like, we saw last week... Sam Darnold's out, and then it looked like the Jets had the worst offensive line in the history of offensive lines. Has a lot to do with Simeon and Folk not being able to throw the ball. Yeah. And the play calls being
0: super conservative. Very conservative. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's the NFL. Adam Gase had a play sheet that looked like 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 a menu. It was crazy. It was so small. They Um, were
1: going on offense to punt.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. And then they were mad at Jamal Williams for making a wrong read. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Um on on the other hand, you don't know what's going on with these wide receivers, but I like Golden Tate as a speculative ad. He's getting off his suspension soon, and um you know that he's gonna be a favorite probably of Jones coming out of the slot. He's clearly the most talented wide receiver on the squad. I mean, I wouldn't say that. Strong Shepherds there. That
1: he's not the most talented receiver on the squad. Golden Tate at yeah. this point in his career? I, I wouldn't just say he's more talented than Sterling Shepard. I mean, Sterling Shepard hasn't done anything.
0: I mean, he's been decent. <laughs> in what Decent Michael, in the world.
1: Golden Tate is clearly more talented. Thank you.
0: Like am I, am If I you look at
1: crazy pills. If you look at what they've done, you, you definitely call Tate more talented. All right. But, I mean, Tate's older now and had a down season compared to years past. Well, you're older. I'm old and wise, which is why I know that <laughs> it's closer than you think. You guys want to talk about anyone else in this game? I mean, Sterling Shepard, if he plays, could have some wide receiver three flex appeal against Tampa. Someone has to Gross. catch Daniel Jones' passes. Evan Ingram, we can't just skip over Evan Ingram. He went from stud and a half to dud and a half week two. So,
0: But if you have him, you're starting him. I, I agree. Stud and a half to dud and a half. Well, I, I mentioned earlier that I think that Daniel Jones is going to be good for him. So, I mean, again, he's a tight end one, so you got to play him. Um, also six for forty eight is not a dud and a half. He, he you know what That's it was? True. He was a dud up until the fourth quarter where he got peppered with some targets. It and it seemed like Eli Manning could only can only complete a slant route. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Um let's move on to this next game. The Carolina Panthers at the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of questions up in the air about the Carolina side. So let's start on that side. Cam Newton did not practice with a foot injury. It's funny because you know, one thing that we say is you can't really trust coaches, and they're like the coaches are like his foot's fine. His foot's fine. His foot's fine. He's missing practice with a foot injury. It's like, what? What are you talking about? Um, you had wh- to figure something was up. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But with that being said, you said earlier in the first show that you would still consider starting Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore. I'm so far yes. away from them if Cam Newton doesn't start. I, are you? What kind of quarterback
1: do you watch when you see Cam Newton? A good one? No. Is see- Kyle Allen a downgrade Sure. Is he that big of a downgrade? Who knows. Let's give him a shot. I was gonna say, like, how do you
0: know these? You're talking about Cam Newton, Michael.
1: We're also talking about a Patrick Peterson list. Arizona Cardinals, and the Arizona Cardinals run the most plays in the league. So the Carolina Panthers are going to have to run a lot of plays. I have DJ Moore as my 23rd wide receiver.
0: That's wild. That's nuts. I'll bet you that he doesn't. That he doesn't finish as a wide receiver too. I mean, I have him at 23. All right, fine. I'll give you top 30. Oh, I'll take that. All right. DJ Moore, not top 30.
1: I have Moore at 33. I have Samuel down at 43. There's no way you can start Curtis Samuel. I have
0: Samuel at 42, so we're on the same page. I agree. I'm
1: not very excited about starting Curtis Samuel. DJ Moore is going to get the targets. He's the number one. When you're dealing with a backup quarterback, a not very talented backup quarterback,
0: Curtis Samuel is a tough person to trust right now. That Uh, bet only goes through, though, if Cam Newton doesn't start. I I feel better about it that way. <laughs> yo, the fact, yo, I know I, feel I know you're not a, a Cam Newton guy, but to say that he's not an upgrade from Kyle Allen is f- purely ridiculous. I uh, his he is not a good passer, period. What happened to that rookie that they drafted? Is it Mix No, Mixwell Greer. To- Will Greer, what happened to him? Uh they just like Kyle Allen more at this point. Okay. Um I mean Christian McCaffrey's a must start. He's going to get so many looks, it's going to be a tad ridiculous.
1: I mean, yeah. He's. I mean, he plays 100 percent of the snaps. Yeah.
0: They were like, oh yeah, we want to decrease his workload a bit this year. Yeah, totally. He may walk off the field with his arm missing and no one will say anything. <laughs> like, well, what do you mean so he much. can't play with one arm? <laughs> <laughs> like he'll have one arm and they'll still throw him the ball. We play in a league with a guy who has one arm and he caught an interception last week. Last week it was yeah, pretty that impressive. Was great. Um, I also like Greg Olson, especially if he's a rookie quarterback. I I think that Greg Olson, I like Greg Olson is something that I don't usually say. But he's had two good games and I like him. You know, Arizona has been absolutely atrocious against the tight ends. That's another thing. So Greg Olson signed me up. He's my tight end seven actually this the, week. The two games also that, the two games that they've given up to tight ends, by the way, have been TJ Hawkinson's first game and then Mark Andrews last week. So he's they've been giving up superstar games to tight ends.
1: Also young and bad quarterbacks target tight ends. True. True. Exactly. How about uh,
0: let's go over to the Arizona side. Uh Christian Kirk got a lot of work last week. Uh, you have to be looking bullish on him. That was on one of Michael's uh, stock rising guys. So, Michael, I'll let yep. you start. Uh, how do you feel about Christian Kirk and the rest of these pass catchers?
1: Uh, I love me some Christian Kirk this week. Um, I love me some Kyler Murray this week in general. I have Christian Kirk as my wide receiver 30. I think he could end even higher than that. Um, <clears throat> 20 targets through two games. The most pass-heavy offense so far. Uh the fastest offense in the league I have Larry Fitzgerald as my wide receiver 28 so I think both of them are very viable plays this week I'm not playing Demir bird yet he plays a lot of snaps but he he doesn't really do much with it Keyshawn Johnson Michael Keyshawn Johnson I'm not touching Crabtree I'm not touching but I love Fitzgerald and Kirk they're PPR gold half PPR I have them a bit lower just because they haven't really they haven't really found the end zone much yet as a unit but Against Carolina, they they looked great last week against Baltimore as a team flying to the East Coast to play in Baltimore against one of the best defenses. And they played well. So I like Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald a lot.
0: Uh, Kyler Murray is someone that I really like in this game because he's on pace to break the record for passes, and he's being very careful with the ball as a rookie. Not something that you see all the time. Um, With that being said, David Johnson not getting a lot of work on the ground, but getting the work through the air has found the end zone in his two his first two games. Jason, how do you feel about David Johnson in this game? Uh,
1: first, I want to mention Kyler Murray. He only has 17 rushing yards and two pass touchdowns. So he's throwing a lot. He's playing pretty well. Still not a startable option yet.
0: Uh, yes, you're right, but the fact that it's his first two games of his career and he's thrown more than any quarterback in the league, and yes, he, doesn't ha- he hasn't put the ball in the end zone yet, but the fact that he hasn't turned the ball over and th- – much and the fact that he hasn't just completely self destructed, you gotta believe that he's gonna put the end the ball in the end zone eventually, right? Talking about Murray, he has two touchdowns. You're just talking about more. Yeah, I'm talking about more, more. Like put the put it in twice a game, three times a game. Yeah, he didn't throw a touchdown last week against Baltimore. He th- didn't he throw one to He threw
1: two against Detroit, but that was in the fourth quarter. Right. One was David of so.
0: ridiculous catch by David Johnson. Yeah, that was a great.
1: Catch. So going to touch on one of eight quarters. Let's temper our expectations for a second.
0: What I'm saying is that because he might not be the end zone, but because he has played well outside of that, you know, that shit
1: comes. I mean, hot take, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyler Murray ends as the QB3 this week behind Mahomes and Jackson.
0: That's that's a little hot, but you know what? It, it's not out. It's not outside the realm of possibilities at all. I see bugging. it, uh, but you wanted me
1: to talk about DJ. Jury's still out on him. Right, uh, he got injured last week. Salvages day with the touchdown. The good thing is that the Panthers just, you know, got pretty beat up by Peyton Barber, uh, not someone who you should get beat up by. And Barber wasn't very efficient. It was mostly volume based, but he was still a solid. 85-yard touchdown performance. So, I mean, if you take that as the floor
0: for David Johnson, you're looking at an RB1. All right. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Let's move on. The Houston Texans at the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, let's start on the Chargers side. Austin Eckler, guys, is the number one running back in football after two weeks. Um, not just in PPR, in overall. So, let's start with Austin Eckler. You expect him to keep up that pace against this Houston defense?
1: Yeah, I don't see why not. He was one of our favorite targets in the draft and even I did not expect it to go this swimmingly to start the season. I have him as my uh running back 6. Honestly, there's no reason not to have him in your top 10 running backs at this point. He's guaranteed to uh <clears throat> to get at least 70% of the snaps. He's getting at least what was it? He got 18 touches the first week and then 23 last week, six receptions in each of the two games, 12 rushes and 17. It's not like Houston defense is uh, really anything to write home about. Four touchdowns already. The fumble at the goal line, if that didn't happen, they they gave him the ball again right after, so I don't think they're really too worried about that. Things like that happen. If he got in the end zone on that touchdown, he would have had an even bigger week and would be the number one running back by an even bigger margin. So, you, I mean, you have to have Eckler in your lineup right now.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jason, what about these pass-catching options? Um, So far, Keenan Allen has been pretty damn good. Uh, 98 yards last week. Almost had another touchdown, but got it picked off in the end zone. Uh, Mike Williams had a couple of spectacular catches. Uh, These two guys got to be starters in this matchup.
1: Yep, I have Keenan Allen as my fourth wide receiver overall. Um, After the Texans released their uh, Colvin. Colvin after getting torched by Ted Ginn. Uh, Keenan Allen really doesn't have that much competition to go up against. And then Mike Williams put up 85 yards in an injury-riddled game. Uh, Phillip Rivers just continues to produce with age. You have to be happy about starting Allen. And Mike Williams also has a wide receiver three.
0: Uh, let's talk about Philip Rivers. Is he a streaming option for you then this week against a uh, Houston defense that has been beatable but also has been all right then again it was against gardner Minshew, so you take it rivers career, is always so. a
1: streaming option it's just that you're starting him for safety rather than upside yeah uh, he'll get you 16 points and you'll be happy with it Yeah, gross i'm not happy with that
0: <laughs> but uh, he's anyway, not gonna kill you virgil green the tight end travis benjamin the wide receiver you're not starting those guys so let's move on to the houston texans offense um the role is growing more and more for Kenny Stills every week. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins had his first bad game in who, lo- who God knows how long uh, last week, but that's because he played Jalen Ramsey, who tends to shut him down once out of every one of their two meetings. Uh doesn't look like their second meeting might be going down, by the way. Um, Will Fuller is Will Fuller. I think you got to play him every week because he can always go for like 150 and two touchdowns at any given moment. Um, what do you guys see out of these pass catchers this week? I'm not, uh,
1: I'm not feeling you right now, Tim. Because Kenny Stills, he did get more targets last week. Uh, actually, he didn't. He got the same amount of targets, three, but he did lose work. Thirty-eight uh, percent of the snaps, down from forty-two. And Kiki QT, his first game played forty-four percent of That's the snaps. That's interesting. So QT and Stills kind of just like vultured off each other, hmm. as as I expected, which sucks for both of them, and. Will Fuller, I mean, look, I love me some Will Fuller, but he needs to do something already. He's kind of pissing me off the first two weeks because he – it's not a matter of if it's going to happen. It's a matter of when it's going to happen, when he's going to go off and have the 100-yard, two touchdown games. He did have seven targets last week without A.J. Boye playing. I expected him to go off against Jacksonville. That didn't happen. He has six receptions and 109 yards on the season right now, so he has been a little disappointing. I don't love him this week against the Chargers. I mean, it is a decent matchup, though. Casey Hayward should be on DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's a wide receiver three, but I'm not super excited about him. For all those people—oh, uh, sorry. Go ahead, Jason. I would say, with Derwin James already being injured, now Adrian Phillips is out the year, so the Chargers have two backup safeties out there. This again poses a decent game with Casey Hayward guarding Hopkins for Fuller to have one of his signature blow-off games. I
0: agree. I think th- I'm high on will Fuller this week. Um Deshaun Watson had his worst game of the season by far. His worst game in a few years. Uh this doesn't scare me at all. I'm still starting him. Yeah, with he's my fervor. QB5. Jason, where he get your QB list? Uh f- four or five. So, uh as you guys know if you follow us on Twitter, Uh, We tend to win fantasy arguments. Uh, I'm not. Look, I'm not being. I'm not being like facetious. Right. I'm not. I'm not being any of that. I'm not being cocky. We tend to. And when people lose us, we they tend to block us for some reason. We're not disrespectful or anything. You know what pisses me off? They just block us. Like, I'm very calm when I disagree
1: with someone on Twitter. Yeah, it's very different from you in real life. You not so much. You like to get right at them. I I'll just explain <laughs> myself and just I'll I'll just talk. And this dude is like getting upset and like coming back at us because he was trying to say Carlos Hyde has upside.
0: Right, so we'll talk about Carlos Hyde now. Uh, Duke Johnson orders, I'm sorry, RIP to your um hopes for Duke Johnson. I think that your Duke Johnson is a droppable upset at this point, I think. Right. Chill out. I Jeez. What are you going to waste a robster spot on Duke Johnson for? Dude, relax.
1: He had 11 points half PPR week one. Like, yes, he had a bad week last week, but if they trail or if they need to pass, he's the running back. He's still going to get right. some
0: rushes. Relax. All right. I might be a little bit. Uh, I might be a little bit. If he has another week like last week, I'm dropping him.
1: I guess I wouldn't drop him.
0: Carlos high got 20 carries. Yeah. I mean, that's what the early down back is going to do. Right. So what what's Duke Johnson going to do? spell him and catch passes when they need to catch passes. And why do I want that on a team that has no running game and who doesn't throw to the backfield out of the the running back out of the backfield? Look, all I'm saying is that I wouldn't drop him right now. All right. Anyway, Carlos Hyde uh for the second straight week 9 points. Jason, look, I'm not saying be excited about him, but is Carlos Hyde someone that you should maybe consider putting in your flex spot. Unless your team has flex options of Deion Lewis,
1: Mike Davis, Willie Sneed, and Devontae Parker.
0: You shouldn't start Carlos Hyde. I mean, There's that's, no upside there. I mean, that's that could be a team. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's the point. That's why Jason's saying if that's your options, then go Hyde. If you have that exact team and Carlos Hyde, <laughs> that's pretty funny. I right, Start Hyde. Yeah, let us Otherwise, know if you have that exact team. I don't think it's a great idea.
0: The Chargers have been completely susceptible on the ground, though. Like, someone's got to run the ball, and they c- they can get torched on the ground. So I think that—I'm uh, not yeah, excited the, about it, but I think Carlos Hyde is a flex play this week.
1: The Houston offensive line isn't good either, though. And we've seen Lamar Miller be this average
0: on Houston, and now Hyde is just translating the averageness. Yeah. Do you know who else is an average guy who just got av- your boy Lamar Miller? There's there there he's literally Lamar Miller. Your boy. if he if he finds the end zone and he has twenty carries for ninety yards and a touchdown, all of a sudden fourteen points is a pretty good performance out of your flex. He's spot. not
1: going to end the season with more than three touchdowns. So if you want to take the chance that this is the week he scores, go for it. <laughs> uh, that's our rule. If you waste up two touchdowns in one game, that's one less touchdown you can <laughs> score in a different game.
0: I mean it. It, it honestly it honestly makes sense. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not using the tight ends there. Let's go with the New Orleans Saints at the Seattle Seahawks. Let's go with the things we know already, which is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson has actually been pretty good. Um, I did not think that he would be fantasy viable, but he has been fantasy viable so far this week. And the Saints are in a position now where they have Teddy Bridgewater starting. So their offense is not going to be nearly as powerful. So with that being said, Russell Wilson will probably have a few more, uh, few more left in the tank. Last week, 29 for 35, 300 yards, three TDs. This guy is so good. It's kind of unbelievable. Imagine if he was in the Andy Reid offense, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, chill. Uh, Tyler Lockett, 10 receptions for 79 yards. Nice to see him get 10 receptions, uh, especially after that first week, although the production wasn't as good as that first week. I I like his outlook going forward. Uh, DK Metcalf had three receptions for 61 and a touchdown. They went to him. Big Will Disley, five receptions, for 50 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, how do you like these pass-catching options in Seattle? Uh, sign me up for some Tyler Lockett as a wide receiver, too, against
1: New Orleans. He, it was great to see. I think it was 13 targets. You don't really see that often with Seattle, but I think they really just went out there and wanted to show that Tyler Lockett's the guy, and he played well. He still hasn't found the end zone, but it'll come. I also like DK Metcalf as a wide receiver, three. The uh, secondary cornerbacks behind Lattimore are not good in New Orleans with P.J. Williams and company. And D.K. Metcalf Metcalf has back-to-back double-digit point games. I was wrong about Metcalf. 89% of snaps. Looks like right away he has a big role in the offense. He doesn't do much route running. He basically just runs either straight or just like a hook or something of that sort. But it's been working for him. And Russell Wilson is good enough to get it to him on those routes. So... Look, I do want to add, Russell Wilson is a true throw value king. That's why DK Metcalf is a wide receiver three, even though he's not seeing that many targets. That's the reason why I like David Moore all offseason. That's true. Because he was meant to do this. And now David Moore is coming back. So I'd like to see how this plays out um, to see if David Moore steals Metcalf's targets or if he just... Or if Russell Wilson just throws a little bit more. Just or if he just doesn't points. get a lot of looks. I have a solid points. I have a hard
0: time seeing David Moore taking DJ, D.K. Metcalf's targets right now. We've seen crazier things in the NFL. People are dumb in the NFL. That's true. But I I do have yeah. a hard time seeing that because D.K. Jamal Metcalf Williams played is well. stealing snaps from Aaron Jones. So. That's true. Um, let's talk about the running backs. So Chris Carson ended up getting the most carries last week but had two costly fumbles, which led to Rashard Penny. Ten carries for 62 yards and a touchdown – This is kind of the split that I saw coming uh, before the season. Hasn't worked out that way in the first game, but worked out that way in the second game. 15 carries for Chris Carson, 10 carries for Rashad Penny. Jason, you're the Chris Carson guy, so I'm going to start with you. Do you see Chris Carson, do you see his stock dropping, and do you think there's any room for Rashad Penny in this offense? I'm still going to say no. Um, Last week I was concerned
1: because he lost a couple fumbles, and then they went to Penny, and Carson wasn't really playing. Yeah, But then if you look at the last run before the game when they were running up the clock, it was Carson in, even after losing two fumbles. So Kyle's sticking with his guy. So I think that Penny got extra work during Chris Carson's punishment, but Carson is still going to be a high-end RB, two. I agree with Jason here. I'm not calling it quits just yet. Um, if Chris Carson loses another fumble, then it's going to be probably disastrous. For Chris Carson owners, because then then Penny might start eating more and more into the work. But as long as Chris Carson doesn't lose a fumble, I think he has a very solid week. And I don't really think Penny is usable.
0: We saw Jimmy Graham have a year where he had 10 touchdowns. Will Disley, every time he's been healthy and playing, he's been a factor on the field. Five catches, 50 yards and two touchdowns. Is Will Disley a guy that you guys are playing this week? Two tight end leagues I have them as my tight end 16 I think I would start him As my tight end If I was in Dire tight end strengths Strengths. strengths. Alright
1: let's You always do this Let's play a game then Tim Alright I'm gonna name two players Who are you gonna start Do it Disley uh-huh. or Jared Cook Disley Interesting Disley or, or Healthy Jordan Reed Disley Interesting Disley or Graham Disley This kid loves a Disley Disley or Hawkinson I I nah, That's a tough one That's a toss up <laughs> Jeez. And last one, Disley or uh, Jason Witten? I'm going with Jason Witten because. All right, Disley or Vance
0: McDonald? Vance.
1: All right, so, I mean, you would be, according to my rankings, you'd have Will Disley basically tied for tight end 12 with TJ Hawkins.
0: Yeah, I think that that's where he needs to be. Hold up. You're playing Jason Witten? He's on top
1: 12? He's playing Miami. No, dude. I was going down. He has him over everyone past 13. No, Mike. Tim said Witten over. I did. Oh, he said Witten over Disley? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Come on, man. You just got to hold for a touchdown in that. He's case. playing Miami. Yeah, it I don't. If I didn't man. make it clear in the first episode, start your Cowboys. I mean, t- Jason, bugging.
1: if you started with in week one, you got nine points. If you started him week two, you got 11 points. Yeah, well, like what, what has he done that made
0: you think that he's not going to do well against the fucking Dolphins? You could he's do, a really
1: bad broadcaster.
0: You could do worse. <laughs> okay. um, all right, so let's move on to the second. Unless you guys want to mention anyone else in this offense? No. All right, let's move on to the New Orleans offense. It's going to be interesting. Sean Payton, a reporter asked him yesterday, is Taysom Hill your number two quarterback? Because they just signed R.J. Barrett. And he said, you're assuming he's number two. So cool. He said, we're (laughs) going to go with a two-quarterback system. It's going to give us an advantage in Seattle. Now, he could just be blowing some smoke, or we could see some Taysom Hill. He's great at blowing smoke. He is great at blowing smoke. Sean Payton, you can't understand a word. That guy is a slick-talking Texan. But with that being said, look, we've seen Taysom Hill make big plays before. Um he, he's called him the next Steve Young. Let's assume that it is a split uh split, I don't know, backfield. You can't really say quarterback position. Um what does that mean? Like it's so hard to understand what that means, honestly. Uh Michael Thomas got 13 targets from the combination of Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. I think Michael Thomas is safe, although his ceiling is, is probably lower. Diminished a little bit. Yeah, but I think he's safe. You don't have to worry about him too much. He's still the number one target there. I think the
1: Saints are pretty straightforward. Start Kamara and Thomas. Don't consider anyone else. Yeah. Jared Cook, I have him as a tight end 13, so I'd rather go somewhere else if you can. If not, then, I mean, then you got to start him. It's a tight end position. It's It sucks. But yeah, Thomas and Kamara are the only ones I'm really. Starting Latavius Murray, you can't trust right now.
0: Yo, if I had a beast squad, beast, like I'm talking beast, and if I was in a two-quarterback lead You'd or start a super flex, Hill. Le- super flex league and I just want to, like, <laughs> troll somebody, I'm going Taysom Hill. Dude, Taysom Hill was one
1: of the best QBs in the preseason this year. I mean, he's an athletic freak. Teddy Bridgewater looked awful, man. Yeah, he did. He did. So, he is awful. I'm assuming Bridgewater is going to be the guy this week. If he plays terrible, I mean, honestly, it might break the record for – Regular season uh, game this season, like if Taysom Hill's named the starter, that might be the most watched game of the season, in my opinion. Yo, honestly, who wouldn't want to watch that?
0: I want to watch every single snap. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, it would single, be amazing. Every single snap, like I'll, I'll. We have two TVs going on during Red Zone because we watch Red Zone and then we watch whatever the local game is. I, I'm, I would turn, I would put Red Zone on the second TV and I would put the Saints. <laughs> On the top one, like that's how much I want to watch it. I for real, for real. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys want to move on to the next game? Yep. The Steelers at the San Francisco Niners is our next game. Let's go over to the Niners first. Jimmy Garoppolo looked good for the first time in a while, Jimmy so that has got to be good to see. The Niners have put the smackdown on two teams now on the road to start the year. This is going to be their first big test in Pittsburgh. Uh, even though Pittsburgh is without Big Ben, we'll get to that in just a I second. I mean, we saw.
1: The Falcons put in work the second year under Shanahan. We did. This is
0: Shanahan's what? This isn't his second year; it's his third year, but it's his second year with Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Yeah, so interesting. Uh, well, not really. He had five games with Jimmy G, so it's like his. It's his second year, year with season. a
1: second season with a real QB, like with the starting QB of the team.
0: So a lot going on in this San Francisco offense. Let's start with the fact that Dante Pettis is clearly in the doghouse. Look, every time I say drop someone, you guys are like, "No, you don't have to drop." Him. Can you could drop Dante Pettis? Yeah, I'm I am disagree. Right. Oh my god, you don't want to drop anyone. You hey, want to, you know, want to have ten man benches?
1: He played the most snaps last week. I mean, you could drop him, but there's a chance he's going to be relevant this year. I mean, it's all right. Let's go, let's go. You you also. Die. The reason, the reason, like I, the reason I like Debo Samuel's, because yes, he only played twenty nine snaps, but he got two rushes and seven targets. Right. So I five mean, five
0: receptions, eighty six yards, of touchdown. How do you not give him more snaps after that? Marquise Goodwin also had a long touchdown, three receptions, seventy seven yards. George Kittle three for fifty four, but he had a big one called back. Um, Raheem Mostert three for sixty eight out of the backfield. That's something that you got to love if you're Raheem Mostert owner. He also had 13 for 83 out of the backfield. Let's start with those pass catchers, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, um, and Dante Pettis. How do you guys feel about these guys going into this game against the Steelers? I have Debo Samuel
1: firmly in the flex range. I like Jimmy Garoppolo this week. I think he's definitely a streamer that you can go
0: with. Pittsburgh's defense has been awful. Well, they just got Micah so, Fitzpatrick who won't play this week, but that should upgrade.
1: Yeah, he's not going to play this week. So, I'm cool with Debo Samuel as your flex play. Uh, I think he has the most upside of the bunch. I'm also cool with Goodwin th- being thrown in your flex. He has a lower floor, but also high ceiling because he could always use his Olympic speed to catch a touchdown. I, I agree on both those guys.
0: What about George Kittle? you a little nervous about his 354?
1: The thing with George no. Kittle, the last, the first two weeks of last season, he started off very slowly. It was even worse than the first two weeks of this season. And then he went on to be the tight end one the rest of the way. Besides the tight end two, actually, behind Travis Kelsey. No, tight end. I'm blanking. Either tight end one, two, two. or three. Two. Oh, I'm saying, but, like, uh, from week three forward, not including the oh. first two weeks. Okay. But, yeah. If he doesn't have a big game here against Pittsburgh, the one of the worst uh, defenses against the pass in the league, I, then, I, then I'd start to get a little concerned. not going to lie.
0: Uh, let's talk about the running game. Matt Breida, twelve carries for hundred and twenty-one yards. That's ten a clip. But he was outshined by Raheem Mostert, who didn't have ten a clip. Thirteen carries for eighty-three yards, but also did the work in the air, three for sixty-eight. He had two touchdowns. I mean, sorry, one touchdown in the air. Jeff Wilson looks like the goal line back there, uh, which sucks for both Mostert and Jeff. I mean, and Matt Breida. Look, Kyle Shanahan has a history of making two. Running backs viable, I think Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert are also both startable in this game. Jay, I'm interested to find out where you have these two guys ranked, but because I, f- I feel like I'm going to be lower on Mostert than you are. So just, just I just want to cut everyone off. We just press pause for a second because we we're trying to figure out what that noise is that you might hear in the background. Um, if you hear a buzzing noise in the background. Jason's entire building's fire alarms going off, so hopefully Jason's not dying in a fire right now. <laughs> um, we can see that's him. It's a terrible in, thing to say. Yeah, no, I'm docking it with. Uh, we we are seeing him on the on the screen though, so he is not. But if you hear that, that's what that is. So um, let's move on. Uh, what do you guys say to that? Let's move on to the Pittsburgh side of the ball. Um, we got. Hold up, I I just
1: Michael asked me about my rankings of Breida and Mostert. Okay,
0: sure. sure, sure. My bad. Go ahead. I have
1: Breida at sixteen. I like him as a high end RB two. He's gonna get the work. And I think he'll find the end zone eventually. I have Monster at 26. I think he's a solid flex play. See, I knew we were going to be a, a bit different here. Like, I have Breed at 21, but I have Monster at 33. Just F- Pittsburgh has a great run defense, not so much a pass defense. And we saw that Jeffrey Wilson might steal some end zone work. So unless Monster breaks a long one, I don't think he's really going to be
0: super useful as a RB2 this week. More of a flex play. Interesting. Uh, I would start them both. Um, let's go over to the Steelers' side. Mason Rudolph takes over behind center. Um, we don't really know what's going to happen, so we're going to give it the best shot. Uh, Juju has not been playing well, but he did get a few targets from Mason Rudolph last week, so that's good news for him. He's in a, he's in like the Michael Thomas situation, where you're still starting him because he's a fantastic player, but at the same time, it's you know the ceiling is not there. A guy I like is James Washington. They had a connection at, at Oklahoma State. They even had a hashtag, uh, hashtag uh, Rudolph to Washington, which was dope. Um, they had a lot of connections. They connected for 15 touchdowns in the senior season. Vance McDonald had two touchdowns last week. Dante Moncrief sucks, bro. That guy sucks. Yeah, what the fuck? That guy fucking blows. My God. You cannot play worse wide right receiver than Dante Moncrief has played so He's far. He's been absolutely atrocious. Un-fucking-real. It's nuts. But with that being said, uh, what do you think about the pass catchers here? And, and, you know, this is an inexact science, this one, because we've never seen Mason Rudolph play before. So this is, you know, it's a crapshoot. For me, it's
1: fairly easy. Uh, I'm starting Juju. I'm starting Vance McDonald at tight end. He did catch two touchdowns from from Rudolph last week. He had uh, four targets, five targets for Juju. And all the secondary options, let that sort itself out this week while we figure out what Mason Rudolph is and don't play them. You guys putting an L in the name Rudolph murders me. Jason, what do you guys think? There's no way I start James Washington this week,
0: and Dante Moncrief is a walking piece of trash. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not starting James Washington at all, <laughs> but I, I feel comfortable with Vance McDonald, especially with the backup quarterback. This is the biggest question I think. James Conner, James Conner is hobbled. He's now going to be the main focus of defenses. Um, how how do you feel about James Conner in this matchup? Against a pretty good San Francisco defense. They've only given up a, a, a 34 points all season. Connor said I think he's still going to get a lot of work.
1: It just makes sense that they lean on the running game a little more with a younger quarterback. They're probably going to r- try to run a similar offense. Rudolph looks like Big Ben when he's out there. I'm not too concerned. I still like him as a high end RB2. And he said he's going to play. So I agree. I Evan is my running back 14. You
0: say you're not concerned, and then you say, I still like him as a high end RB2. But well, he, he
1: obviously gets a down tick with Mason Rudolph and not Big Ben. So you're a little concerned. But his, his expert consensus rankings on
0: fantasy pros right now is twenty two. Ah, okay. That's, so that's I think people are bugging out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Uh, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Don't start Jalen Samuels. No, unless unless Connor misses the game, and then you can yeah. start him. Then go ahead and start him. Um we got Los Angeles, the LA Rams at the Cleveland Browns. Sunday night game, I believe, right? This is the Sunday night game. Odell Beckham Jr. came alive um, and torched the Jets after Greg Williams called him not dynamic. Fucking idiot. Hi. Text
1: Jason, Tim. I'm cutting you off because of the story about you. <laughs> you, uh, I can't blame you here. It's like 11 p.m. Eastern time. You fell asleep. Yeah. The Jets were down like 16-3. I can't blame yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was a, just a terrible, was is boring? And my parents' couch is very comfortable. It's so good. <laughs> it's just so but, good. I texted Jason right away. I was like, the the touchdown, the 89-yard touchdown to OBJ, there were two defensive backs lined up on the left side of the field against three wide receivers. So right off the bat, I was like, what is this? I turned to look at you and say, yo, OBJ is about to take a slant to the house, and you're sleeping. And then he just runs straight, catches it, and goes to the house. Hmm. And I was like, I'm not surprised at all. Like, that was 100% expected. How do you have two defensive backs lined up? against three wide receivers.
0: Maybe it's because you just sat Jermaine Williams for no reason, I <laughs> mean Jermaine Johnson. Johnson for no reason and then you sat um Jam- Jamal Adams, you know, your two <laughs> best players on defense. But with that being said, start OBJ. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean y- and you got to love the outlook for OBJ now now that he's like super in it. David Njoku's probably not going definitely not going to play this week. Yep. Um in the concussion protocol and has an injured wrist, so we have to see how severe that is. Keep monitoring that. Uh a guy like Will Disley is a perfect guy to pick up in your on your waiver wires in the meantime. Um, Jarvis Landry continues to disappoint, man. And I, I thought that he could have some some value this year. Do you think this is the game where he breaks out? I don't. This is I was down
1: on Landry going into the season, and it's it's carrying over. That offense as a whole has not looked good yet. Um, I hope it turns around because Baker Mayfield hasn't really looked good. He's holding the ball. A long time, and he's just he's he hasn't really looked great yet. And that offensive line is a problem. Yeah, offensive line is a problem. And Jarvis Landry just he, I think he dropped a pass last. I believe it was Jarvis Landry. I know someone dropped a pass that I was watching, and I was like, "It's right in your hands. Pull that down." But yeah, Jarvis Landry has not looked great. I have him as my wide receiver forty seven. I don't really want
0: anything to do with him. Uh, let's talk about Baker. A lot of people who who got Baker either got him in the sixth, seventh round, somewhere around there. Is it time to consider, against a pretty good Los Angeles defense, is it time to consider maybe benching him if, if he's you've been rolling with him? Yeah, he's definitely not
1: a must-start anymore at at this point. Uh, he could definitely be a must-start at some point in the season. It's only week three. But he two touchdowns, four interceptions. So we need to temper our expectations a little. He didn't even look good against the Jets. OBJ took 89 yards slant to the house to save his day. So if you are uncomfortable starting Baker Mayfield this week, I understand. I feel you, and I think that, for example, I mentioned in the first one, Matt Stafford is a better play this week.
0: Uh, who would have thought that? <laughs> Let's talk about Nick Chubb. We thought we'd he'd have all the uh, throwing work. We thought he'd be alone, and then another guy named D. Johnson comes through and takes all his passing work. But with that being said, still had a big game. Uh, I still like Nick Chubb. Uh, and I particularly like Nick Chubb in this matchup. How do you guys feel about Nick Chubb this weekend? Yeah. I mean, Deionis Johnson played 39% of the snaps. It's weird. I mean, I, every time he was on the field, I thanked God because I was going against Nick Chubb and I was down 15. I mean, I, I was up. Uh, by the end of the game, I was up seven. And and Deionis Johnson was just on the field. I was like, oh, thank the good Lord Jesus. But
1: what's it called? Uh, Freddie Kitchens also said he wants to get more work for Chubb. It's a good spot here against the Rams. He hasn't been, like, a dis- he hasn't really disappointed, per se. He hasn't been, like, he hasn't had the explosion 10 and then 18 half PPR fantasy points. So it's decent. He's in a good spot here. I've missed my overall running back nine. Um, Anyone else you want to talk about in this offense, Jason? Uh, Nope. Njoku is out with a broken wrist. So, Demetrius You're not Harris. At the tight end there. Tight end, two possibly. And Rashard Higgins was out last week. Um, I'm still holding out hope on him for when this offense starts clicking.
0: Let's go over to the Rams side. On the Rams side, we got another another disappointing game for Robert Woods, but a lot of negated penalties. So he's on the way up. Um, Brandon Cooks had a good game. Cooper Cup had a good game. So this passing game has had good games, but now they are facing a situation where this is a pretty good Browns defense, although they haven't played well. Uh, How do you feel about the pass catching options?
1: Look, Robert Woods, like you said, the negated penalties. I just want people to know the extent of those negated penalties. He lost five targets and three receptions to penalties, including a 14-yard touchdown. So this could have been a completely different game for Robert Woods. Instead of two receptions for 30 yards, which he actually ended up with, he could have had five receptions over 50 yards and a touchdown, and no one would be worrying. Um, it's Robert Woods. He's solid. I'm, I'm playing him. He's my wide receiver 15. Him, Cooks, and Cup are all solid wide receiver twos. I'm more concerned about um, Cooks, if anything, because Cooper Cup has his role. as basically Jared Goff's favorite guy. Um, he always seems to be getting work. And then Robert Woods literally also always gets work. It's, it was one game. Brandon Cooks was always the person who was a little more volatile in the bunch, and he's been playing a little less than, uh,
0: getting a little less looks than he has in the past. I'm, I'm a little more concerned about Cooks than anyone else. Um, Jared Goff has not been a fantasy viable option so far this year. Does that change this week against Cleveland? Goff was someone I didn't really like going into the season, and I'm standing by that. I
1: have his quarterback 18 this week. He's been very mediocre, 469 yards and two touchdowns. He hasn't thrown an interception. He has a rushing touchdown to save his day last week. Uh, but the Rams have always been a team that wants to run the ball. So unless Goff is throwing those touchdowns, because he's going to accumulate the yards. That's what keeps Woods, Cups, Cooks afloat. But if he's not throwing too many touchdowns, then the upside is limited. And I think that this is going to be – I think this is the second highest total in Vegas this week and I'm not really buying into it. I
0: think this is going to be more of a defensive battle than we might think. Interesting. Jason, uh, your takes are so hot. And you got your you lit the whole house on fire. <laughs> but I'm I got on I got to tell you that that thing is super annoying. Yeah, um <laughs> Todd Gurley looks like the guy again after Malcolm Brown made people think that he wasn't the guy in week 1. Um I still Rest my laurels on the fact that Todd Gurley will be used sparingly up until the later weeks when the Rams are really in contention. Malcolm Black- Brown still got use; He just wasn't as effective. How do you feel about Todd Gurley in this game? It's pretty funny. Gurley
1: played less snaps, but played more and it was more effective. Also found a red zone touchdown. I think that's the most important part. Yep. That's what you want to see from Todd Gurley. It was a nice play on a toss. So for for now, Todd Gurley's a high-end uh, RB two. I mean, if you have Todd Gurley, you're playing him. So simple as that.
0: Uh, anyone else on this team you like would like to talk about? Gerald Everett. No, going once. I'm good. So, I'm not starting tight ends. All right, let's go to uh, the ugliest game ever uh, right now. With it's the most two ugliest ugly, game. Really ugly offense is Chicago at Washington. Let's start with Chicago. Uh, I was high, Mr. Bisky, coming into the season. I have eyes. <laughs> uh, he he has not been playing well, so it's hard to trust him. Um, don't. Yeah, you're not trusting him. You're not playing Mr. Biscay this week. But let's talk about his weapons. Uh, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, another guy who hasn't been doing anything. Trey Burton. Um, besides Allen Robinson, I don't see how you can play any of these guys. Um, David Montgomery. Well, hold on. You, hold on. Oh, catchers, well, you said any of these guys? Pass catchers thinking. first. <laughs>
1: Yeah, besides Allen Robinson, you're not playing anyway. Terry Cohen was no longer in the slot. He was a running back again. Anthony Miller. Can I say?
0: I haven't given up on Anthony Miller yet because I I feel like he was injured. He had no preseason. He didn't play really, and then he played in the slot. He's taken back. I think that this week he may get some work. Not a wide receiver, but I'm holding out
1: hope. He was only back one game. Trey Burton against the Redskins. First game back healthy last week.
0: Only it's one Redskin.
1: I'll, you guys need to stop with Trey Burton, man.
0: Oh. Just, keep, just keep an eye out on Burton this week. Yeah, I agree. Um, David Montgomery, his stock is definitely going up after getting a lot of work last week. Uh, how do you feel about David Montgomery in this matchup? I think he's a solid uh, running
1: back, too. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, it was great if you're a David Montgomery owner. The fact that, he first off, he saw more snaps. 44% compared to 38%. And it wasn't just the snaps. It was the workload. He was clearly the back, and there was no doubt about it. Mike Davis was an afterthought. Terry Cohen was an afterthought. So, yeah, I, David Montgomery, if he's going to continue to be the guy, then there you go. Then your ADP uh, where you drafted him, maybe he'll actually live up to it.
0: Thank God, because Mike Davis sucks. They guys sucks. Terry uh, Cohen's a,
1: a little worrisome
0: because he needs the passes to uh, be viable. Tariq Cohen is a guy who, as Mitch Trubisky gets better, and I think that he's going to get better. Michael might disagree with me on that one, but I think it is going to get better. I think Tariq <laughs> Cohen and Anthony Miller get better as, as Trubisky gets better throughout the year. Let's go to the Washington side to finish things off. Um, Terry McLaurin, uh, we mentioned this on the on the Waiver Wire show. He has the second most expected fantasy points last week, which is a stat about who that combines what again? Freed by Scott Barrett. It just uh
1: it's the expected amount of points you would get compared to the uh, like the depth of target, the amount of targets you saw, the air yards, all of that stuff. All that good stuff.
0: So yeah, he had the most I he's obviously the number one in this offense that's going to be passing a lot. I like Terry McLaurin. In any matchup, even if it's in Chicago, because they're gonna need to come back, and the passes are gonna have to go to someone. So I, I would even start Terry McLaren in this game. The Bears uh, DVOA
1: fifth against the run, only 17th against the pass. So they haven't been as good against the pass as you'd expect. I've scary Terry as my wide receiver 36. Okay, so I agree. Go. I have him at 32. I think he has wide receiver three written all over him. You're at this point. How can you possibly
0: fade him? Yeah, all he's done is produce. I agree. Um. Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson in the backfield. Chris Thompson might see a lot of work as they try and come back from a deficit. Um, So, I like Chris Thompson over Adrian Peterson. Uh, What do you guys think? I have them back-to-back 34 and 35. I guess both
1: flex options, but low ceiling, uh, low floor. I prefer AP just because he did get a bunch of work last week, and he could stumble into the end zone more so than Chris Thompson can. Jason? The only person who...
0: I'd rather not have on my fantasy team than AP is Dante Moncrief, (laughs) Uh, Jordan Reed uh, set to come back. How do you guys feel about him coming back in this matchup? Heyo, um, mid tight end too.
1: You gotta wait and see, see if he could actually get through a damn football game. Facts. And it's against. I mean, I have Vernon Davis right now at thirteen. So if Jordan Reed is definitely playing, I'm gonna switch up my rankings a little bit, and I'll probably just put Jordan Reed right there because they're gonna have to pass. Um, it's probably not gonna be a too close of a game. Washington's not very good. And we know what Jordan Reed could do when he's on the field, not touching Trey Quinn.
0: So that does it for our game previews. Again, you could follow us at BrotoFantasy on Twitter, BrotoFantasy.com. Hit the Twitter, that's where we give the most updates throughout the week. If you don't have a Twitter, make one. It's worth it. Trust me. Uh so definitely follow that. But before we go the Thrive Five is here. Remember, ThriveFantasy.com is a daily fantasy site where you can put in props, 10 props per lineup, and if you hit your props, more than the next guy, you win money. $5,000 in cash money. That's right. Today. I'm kidding
1: about the prize pool. Uh-huh. I just want it to sound like Wilmer of Alderama. The $5,000 thing? $5,000 in cash money. Yo, mama. Come on. Yo, mama,
0: bro. Yo, you are the <laughs> worst. It's too, it's too late for this. Um. So... Not forgot. Yeah. So, Thrive Fantasy use our promo code Brodo uh, to get ten dollars for any deposit for your first deposit of ten dollars or more. Jason, give us your five props and we will tell you what we like. Let's do it. All right. Thrive five props of the
1: day. Devontae Freeman at Indianapolis, over or under fifty-five and a half rushing yards. Oof. You know what? Like you guys what said, this,
0: this is his last chance. I'm gonna go with over one
1: hundred ten, under is ninety. I'm gonna go over. I'm willing to take the underdog points and go over. This one is a little bit uh we're probably gonna take the favorite because it's a little bit easier. Larry Fitzgerald, 58 and a half receiving yards. Oh yeah.
0: What's the over, over?
1: seems like an easy 85 points. I'm doing it. Under is 115. I'm taking that over and I'm cashing in on the 85 points. Alright, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm in. I'm in. Even here. Jameis Winston. Two and a half total touchdowns and interceptions against the Giants.
0: Over. Over.
1: Easily. That's my favorite Easy. play. I man. think you could throw three touchdowns. I just think you could throw one touchdown and two intels. Yeah,
0: uh, that's my favorite play.
1: <laughs> I agree. Austin Eckler, 106 and a half total yards. Ooh, that's a little steep. What is it? Remind? I don't know why. Over, I'm blanking. Who the Chargers playing again? 105. Houston. Houston. Under is 95. I'll take the underdog over again. Yeah, those points. Me too.
0: <coughs> Damn, we're, we're agreeing one. a lot. Yeah, we are.
1: Robert Woods, 67.5 receiving yards, even,
0: over-under. It's his time. Over. over. Yep. It's his time. Everyone else has had theirs. It's Robert Woods' time. <laughs> Robert, I agree. Robert Woods. We went with we a lot,
1: lot of overs. We did go with a lot of overs. And this show so is We over.
0: did last week, too. We <laughs> went three for five. Not too bad. All right, so that is it, the Thrive Five. Remember to go to ThriveFantasy.com. Use our protocol, BrotoFantasy. No, um, just Broto, B-R-O-T-O. Sorry. The name you know online. love. Broto. Go to BrotoFantasy.com, at BrotoFantasy on Twitter. Michael, where can they find you? Mike underscore trap Jason, where can they find you? Jason you can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but frisky. only if you're feeling real, real,
1: real frisky.
0: <laughs> yeah. Also, remember to follow us on Twitter at Brodo Fantasy, yep. patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. We just yep. hit 40 patrons. Thank Come you join the community. It's a very fun chat. We got Big Willie who wishes everyone a good morning every morning. It's wonderful. Good old Big Will. I Actually, look, I look forward to his good mornings every morning. 41 patrons. 41, we got a patron while we were recording. That's right. Holla at your boy. Uh, With that being said, we out.
1: Later.